Uh, well, before we share a little bit about tonight, I want to kind of take a quick look back at uh, what happened this fall in terms of uh, love mission. We, we, we were so involved in Stronger Together and things were moving so fast, it, 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 we didn't really give a lot of attention to it, but I just want to uh, thank you and uh, really appreciate your generosity. We had 160 stars that were taken, which means we took care of 40 families, and uh, yeah. We had 11 of our ladies who put on two parties, and so they went, and this is when they got their gifts, and they uh, had cookies and all kinds of things uh, ready for them. They got to get to know them and pray with them, and uh, we saw from last year, some of those relationships keep going throughout the year, and so the love mission was, it was a huge success, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I keep talking about the chapel, and uh, it really doesn't fit with tonight. It's just, I, I have to show you the pictures. Like, I have to show you uh, where we are, and uh, that is the basement of the chapel, and that is upstairs. So it is all drywalled in. They are putting the final of the spackling on. They, I don't think they quite finished today, but they will only take one more day, and uh, then we can start painting and working on the floors, and uh, this, is, this is a long-term thing that we, we're after. We've been working after, and so I just want to together say uh, thank you, and, and hey, we're headed. We're moving. We just keep, we keep, we keep going. So uh, tonight I want to start with one of my favorite Christmas memories ever, which is uh, my daughter Alexis was five years old, and she wanted so badly, she wanted a pink Barbie car, one with the uh, motor in it where you can tool around and drive and um, she wanted that so, so badly, and we did a pretty good job of, of pretending and acting like there's no way we'd be able to get that. Uh, it's not in our, our wheelhouse from an expense standpoint, because we didn't have to really fool her, like it really wasn't. Uh, but then uh, very close to Christmas, one came up, a used one came up for sale, and I remember on the 23rd going and getting the car, and uh, so we, we hit it in the garage, and then... We hid it in a way in the living room to where she really couldn't tell there was, there was a present there. And we, we were opening up presents, opening up presents, presents, and we pulled the blanket off the car. And she went, stop. I, I don't need another thing for the rest of my life. She was so excited about that Barbie car. The joy was over the top. Like, oh my goodness, it was the best thing ever. So I'd like you to just take, and, and just take a minute. Just take a minute, otherwise you'll go on and on and on, and I won't be able to talk. Just take a minute and share with the people around you what was your favorite Christmas gift you ever got. What's the best one that you've ever gotten? And if you think it's tomorrow and you've already peaked, don't, don't tell that one. Just share with the people around you. What was your favorite Christmas gift ever? Excellent job. Excellent, excellent job. So I have this question for you. I have this question for you. We do not know where 
Alexis's Barbie car is at this time. <laughs> we, we don't know what happened to it. We don't know where it is. Do you know where the gift, your favorite gift you've ever gotten, do you know where it is? Even more so, did the great joy that you had over that gift, did it remain? Did it stay with you for the rest of your life? Or were you so excited about that gift? You were so pumped up about that gift. And as time goes by, that thought that I never need another gift, it fades. And there's more that I want. There, it fades and there's more that I want. If you were to get your perfect gift tomorrow, if you were to get the thing that you, oh, if I could only have that, if he would only show up with that diamond ring, I, that, I would be set, I would be great for the rest of my life. If we could only, whatever you would put into that place, if, if, if this could happen, it would be fantastic. But so much of our life is this either expectation of what's going to happen or receiving something, and we're so excited about that, but, but it doesn't last, it doesn't stay, it doesn't, we get hungry again, and we get thirsty again. And when Christ came, he came to give you what's called an abundant life. But we easily get confused. We easily think an abundant life would be getting what I want. An abundant life would be getting what I, what I want and, and maybe what I need for this life. If I could get that. But I think you've noticed there is nothing in this life that lasts. There is no thing that you've ever been given there's no event that's ever happened that set you for life. That, that from that point on, you, you, you were fulfilled. You had, oh, wow. And so you may have even experienced this with God. You may have experienced it with God that you, you either thought you met God or, or maybe you did meet God. Maybe you've met Christ. And you were so excited with the joy that came with that. But it's, it's faded. Why does it fade? Why do these things fade? Did Jesus mean it? Did, does he really keep his word when he says, this is what I've came, come to give? We're going to jump into that question for just a few minutes. And uh, then I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. And we're going to take communion together. And then we're going to do our candle lighting ceremony. So this starts, this starts with a, a story, actually, of Jesus feeding a bunch of people. There's about ten to 15,000 people that were following around because they had seen him do miracles. They were like, okay, if that guy does miracles, that's the kind of guy I want to follow. And quite honestly, if you ever met somebody who could actually do miracles, I'd follow him too, right? I'd send some of that my way. And, and that's what they were doing. And so all these people showed up, and, and they were hungry. They'd been following for a while. They were hungry. And they said, what, what, what are we going to do? And, and uh, somebody said, hey, this young boy here, he has five loaves and two fish. But that's not going to go for 10,000 people. 
Jesus said, I'll tell you what, give it to me. And he broke it, and he began to hand it out. And he said, okay, now then you hand that to the next person, the next person, the next person. And then it just multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. When, when they got done, Jesus said, okay, guys, he said to his disciples, I want you to go collect everything that's left over. Pick it all up, collect everything that's left over. And they picked up 12 basketfuls of food left over out of the two fish and the five loaves. It was an amazing miracle. And, and Jesus could see that what they wanted to do was make him king at that point. It was like, we're going to make him king. He's going to be our leader. This is great. A leader who can feed us, that's the leader we want. And so he went away to a quiet place, and then that night uh, he got on a boat and he went across this lake that was there. And these people figured out he had left where he was, and so they went looking for him, and they found him on the other side of the lake, and that's where this picks up here. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs I performed, but because you ate loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. He said, look, what you're after, what I can give you is way more than, than collecting and try to build something for this life, this life right here, right now. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the work that God requires? Okay, what do we need to do? How many times have you done that? How many times have, have someone told you what God promises and what God wants to offer you, and the first thing you think about is what you need to do? How do I do this to get God to give me that? Like, give me the deal. Let's make the transaction. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. They know he's talking about him. The way that you build a life for the next life, for eternity, is by putting your faith in Christ, by trusting Jesus. So they ask him, what sign I tell you, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> what sign then will you give up that we may see it and believe you? Now, this is interesting, because you may be here tonight, and it's Christmas night, and there's a really good chance that every person in this room believes in Jesus. There's a really good chance. There's a really good chance you believe that some man lived in 2,000 years ago. He was born of a virgin that he was a gift from God. You may even believe that he died on the cross for the world. These people had Jesus right in front of them doing miracles. They knew the difference. They knew there was a difference between, oh, we believe you exist. We believe you're here. We can see you. I believe you. I, if you ask them, do you believe in Jesus? They'd be like, that guy? Yeah, he's right here, I believe. Yeah, he exists. Yes, that's him. What sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? Because they knew he was asking them to give their lives to him. 
What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They said, look, they're right back to this food thing, right? They're like, look, God, we believe in Moses because God fed his people all that time through the manna. You feed us, we'll believe in you. In other words, you make this life, my life, work. I'll believe in you. And this Christmas, this night, I'm going to be asking you that question. Is the Jesus that you believe in the one you believe in because you think he's going to make your life work? And as long as he makes your life work, you're in. But once it goes bad, you're like, what good is Jesus? My life's not working out. That's where they were. Jesus said to them, very truly, I, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. This life idea is the idea that it's going to give you something that doesn't trail off. It's not a Christmas gift. It's not something you're like, wow. But then, eh, this is life. I'm alive. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want that. If we can be alive, we want that. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. A bread, something you can consume that you will always be satisfied by. You will never go hungry. The picture that he's painting is not, wow, oh, later it wears off. The picture he's painting is, no, this never wears off. Once you consume this, it's satisfying forever. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The same thing. In other words, if you drink of Christ, then you're satisfied for eternity. This is for now and throughout eternity. So the story I want to tell you is this. This was uh, some years ago, um, back when it was far more dangerous than it is now because they do all kind of safety harnesses. They didn't use used to use safety harnesses. But there was a young man who was going to cross the Niagara Falls on a tightrope. So this is what it would look like. Just get an idea of what it would feel like to be on top of a tightrope looking down at this. I want you to get a sense of what that would feel like. Feel like to walk across a tightrope and this is what you're looking at. Some of you are getting a little dizzy right now just looking at the video. So, he got up on the rope and he said, do you believe I can cross this rope, this tight rope? Can you believe I can go to the other side? And they're all like, yes we do, we believe in you, you can do it, go, 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 this is awesome, this is great. And there were thousands of people, it was really loud. And when thousands of people are cheering, you kind of cheer along with them. And so they're, yes, 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 you can do it, you can do it. So, I don't know if they do this for drama or not, 
But he goes across, and not only that, he turns around, he comes all the way back. And the crowd's like, this is awesome. They're going crazy. It's just incredible. He goes, you know what? Do you believe? Do you believe I can take this wheelbarrow and cross Niagara Falls? They're like, yes, yes. Off he goes. And then he comes back. He gets back to the other side. All right? He goes, now, do you believe I can put a person in the wheelbarrow and take him to the other side? And they're all like, yes, yes. Join in on me. Help me with this. Help me. Yes, yes, yes. You can do it. And then he said, who would like to get in? And they all went silent. Jesus came to give his life to you. And many times when people think about that, they, they think true the facts of it. All right, so he gave his life, which means he grew up and then he died. He gave his life. That is not what gives you bread that you never go hungry for or water you never thirst He actually gives you his eternal life. He gives you him, his life. He's the bread. He's the water. But he makes one thing really, really clear. You have to get in the wheelbarrow. Now, it would be foolish to get in the wheelbarrow, quite frankly. Because if you go out in the middle and he drops you, You're going to die. And that's what Jesus asks of you. He asks you to give everything to him. All of it. Your eternity, your value, your love. He asks you to get in the wheelbarrow. Now, We're going to take communion. And before we do, I want you to begin to think this through or mull this through. For some of you, you've never gotten the wheelbarrow. You, you don't know what that is. I, I, I want to invite you to do that tonight. But for others of you, you did get in the wheelbarrow, and now you've gotten back out. You still come to church. You still go to life group. You might even lead a life group. You're busy telling other people to get in the wheelbarrow. They can trust Jesus. You can trust Jesus, but in your own personal life, it's faded. And the reason it faded is because Jesus asked you to do something, and instead of doing it, you got out of the wheelbarrow. And when you get out of the wheelbarrow, the joy begins to fade. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, As we take communion, I would ask that you just speak to people's hearts. Just take this simple picture. 
Help them to interact with you honestly as to where they are. Are they trying to interact with you and, and, and believe in you for this life? Or have they given up this life and got in the wheelbarrow so they could experience your life? In your name we pray. Amen.